Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined once again by Nate Weitzer, back in action on the East Coast. And we are looking at Friday to close the week out here for you guys with some NBA best bets. We've also got play of props up in another video, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also, head to thelines.com. Use everything we've got up on the site for you, including that odds finder tool to make sure you're getting the best odds and juice available to you from all these books giving us bets this NBA season. Nate, welcome back to the show. Let's go ahead and kick it off with your first best bet for tonight. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, this line came out incorrectly last night. The The Sixers at Rockets came out as a total of 216 and has been hammered up eight points to 224. I will still take the over here, and I think you can split a unit on actually, I would put more on the over than on the Sixers to win this game, even though I do kind of trust them on the money line here. Uh, maybe you want to parlay the two, you know, split it however you want, because look, we knew last night the Rockets were going to be without Dylan Brooks and Jabari Smith and that they're playing their third game in four nights and that their defense has kind of, you know, fallen off uh, after the initial lift from Ime Udoka getting the most out of these guys. They're just starting to be at least average. I mean, you, you, even if you're an average defensive team in the NBA, like 220 is, is a fine outcome when you're talking about a Sixers team that can still put the ball in the basket without Joel Embiid. So he's out. They do play faster without him, and their defense is worse. So that's going to help things out on the other end. And, and while Paul Reed, B-Ball Paul, your boy, is a really solid replacement, he, he's not the same kind of presence. That, you know, He's going to give it up to, to Shangoon a little bit here. The Rockets are, are going to be able to keep pace. We're going to see more Jalen Green, more Tari Eason, more Aaron Holiday, and, and just more offense than if we had Brooks and Jabari in there, who, you know, we got suckered into taking after this little hot streak. But I digress. Sixers, last four without Embiid, are scoring 115 a game, um, playing at nearly 100 pace. They have a 115 defensive rating versus 110 with him. Houston, lately at home, you know, after that incredible start defensively at home, Last four, giving up 120 a game, and that includes the skewed 96 they allowed to the Lucas Mavs, who cannot score without Lucas. So in the other three games, they gave up 53-pointers to Atlanta, Indy, and Phoenix. This was a team that was number one in three-point defense. They have the third-worst opponent's effective field goal percentage in their last three overall. Philly, I mean, lower assist rate, but able to hit more threes without Embiid. And Maxi is just going to be the focal point here. He, he's had success against Fred Van Fleet, who's a guy who can kind of stymie certain guards, but he's just too fast. His last four against FEV in Toronto, 30 points per game on 65-60-90 splits. That includes just a 13-point game when he had to suit up next to Harden and only got eight field goal attempts. Now he's cooking. Now Tobias is cooking. Had 33 in his last game without Embiid, you know, stepping into that expanded role. And just the, the trends we see fit this year. Houston is four and one to the over against the East. Philly five and two to the West, uh, and Philly is three and zero oh straight up with a rest advantage. I just mentioned how Houston's playing a lot of games here in a four night stretch. So, uh, like the Sixers, but I think I like the over even more. Hmm. I don't like my Tyrese Maxey unders uh, that I was looking at as well without Dylan Brooks in there. Houston still does limit assists, but yeah, you're you're definitely right. Obviously, they've they've had some lapses on defense against some good offensive teams, and then but still skewed downward by the the Lucas Mavs, like you mentioned. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm Philly man. Like Tobias Harris is balling. 
he's showing us something and he's really, he's really proving like, I don't care who the matchup is. I, I don't care if this team is worse. You know, basically the magic game was wild to me because Tyrese Maxey should have just gone off and Tyree and Tobias did. And Tyrese still had a decent game, but not for himself, right? Like he, he went well, well under um, for his, his overall props because they got pretty high. So Tobias is balling no matter what the situation is for himself. And I think he's a big reason that like he's the adult in the room right now. And I would definitely trust him to, uh, to take on the, the young Rockets uh, and, and young in, in key places. Tari Eason's also questionable, by the way. So we don't even know for sure that he's going to play. And if he's out, God, man, I, their, their defense is a lot less intimidating without the length and, and Dylan Brooks out there. So um, yeah, it's back to I, last year's Rockets with Jay Sean Tate and Jalen Green side by side, which is, is not great for your defense. No cap, as they say. I would just put Amon Thompson on Tyrese Maxey before I put the likes of like a, a Jalen Green on him or anything like that. It's going to be cooking time for him. But uh, let me go to uh, the first game bet that I'm talking about. And I'm going shooters. I'm, I'm, I do like Denver to win, but it's scary to take them against uh, OKC. This total got bet t- way up as well, by the way, which is why I start to lean under for it because it was at 229 and a half and it's gone all the way up to 237 and a half. And that's where I start to go, okay, I can see this game at 235, but once we start putting it at like a 238 line for the total, now I lean under. And I do think I prefer that to the, uh, I know I prefer that to the, to just taking Denver because of how freaking good OKC is right now. And Aaron Gordon is going to be out for a bit, as we saw with a, a dog bite situation that happened on Christmas. And so he's out indefinitely right now with like mad stitches in his hands and such. Um, so I, I do prefer the under to this, to this, um, to, to the taking Denver Denver's playing so slowly, um, on the season, second slowest pace in the league and at home it's fourth slowest. So they're still keeping things slow, but the problem is, and and the thing that scares me more than anything at this point is they're the worst transition defense, according to points per possession in transition, they cannot get back. And guess who the top transition team is in the league? Obviously, well, not obviously because they're, it's just actually, it's surprising they're in transition more frequently than Indiana is um, are, are the OKC thunder slightly more than the, the Pacers at this point. So if you're not going to get back on D shy is going to cook you, man. And he had a pretty bad game last time without KCP in there, uh, you know, shooting really poor percentage nine for 20 from the field did get some free throws in there to get him up above 25 points, but uh, really, really not great game for him in a situation where the best defender that was available to guard him wasn't on the floor for in KCP, who's going to be back for this one. Uh, that game went to 235 with decent offense uh, from both sides, but Joker also didn't really bring it uh, the way that we would have expected him to, especially on the boards, which was really surprising, getting out-rebounded by Chet Holmgren in that game, which was wild, only putting up six boards. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that the, the back-to-back aspect of this for, for Denver, while they didn't have to go all out because they beat the uh, Morantless Memphis Grizzlies last night, who only put up 105 on them, um, and they... they didn't really need anybody to play. All the starters played 25 minutes or less. Jokic played 29, was 11 of 11 from the field, by the way. Um, so they didn't really need to take that one too seriously after they built up that lead, which was nice for them. So I still think, though, um, the way that they're coming into this game, they played really cupcake teams in their last 10, and they've won nine of them. And that's the other reason I just lean away from just going ham on a on a bet with with Denver to win when I don't feel like they proved that much over their last 10 just because they've won nine games when you've beaten Charlotte a couple of times and um you know Brooklyn on back to backs and things like that. Like just not really great comp in those in those games. Um but they and they were scoring about 120. I, I would still put them at about under uh 120 in this game with the way that the Thunder have been playing defense 
um, a, a bit better and more defensively in their last 10 as well. Still about an 120 uh, offensive rating, but down to about 112 defensive rating on the road, which is still going to be tops in the top fifth, uh, well, top half of the league, close to top 10 uh, in, in the league on the road, specifically at home. They're world beaters as well. But yeah, I think the, they're going to be able to like, I don't know if they figured out the scheme for, for keeping Jokic out off the boards like they did last game, but that was a huge part of it was, was limiting those second chance points and not giving up offensive rebounds. And if, if Aaron Gordon's not out there, that's your at least let's call him your a top three offensive rebounder. Michael Porter Jr. is really good, but right next to MPJ and uh, and Jokic, like he's up there as a top offensive rebounder for them, and that's a big way that I would expect them to try to get points in this one. It's not going to be quite as available, so I, I do prefer under two thirty eight to anything. Yeah, plenty of respect for that Thunder defense for sure. These teams played at a ninety four pace last time they got together. We got to two thirty five. With some good efficiency, but yeah, you see the Nuggets on back-to-backs. I mean, especially on the road on back-to-backs, they are not scoring. Um, they, they have that last home back-to-back was against the Kings, I believe, and they did score a lot, but still six of their last eight have gone under. You know, I, I guess Gordon being out kind of helps the over more because he is such a versatile, important defender who helped shut down SGA when they when they met earlier this season. Uh, but yeah, they still have KCP to throw on him, and if you can limit SGA... Um, you know, I, I, the Thunder are still, you know, despite Jalen Williams, nice little hot streak here, still heavily relying on him. And um, yeah, so I think you could go under here as long as the pace gets stamped down. Yeah. Um, there should be, they, they, they might, might just real quick. They might be a bad matchup for the thunder, for, uh, the, the nuggets moving forward with a, a center that can pull Jokic away from the basket and like be that versatile. Plus that many, like similar style players in terms of Jalen Williams being able to match up well with, with Gordon and such. So something to keep an eye on, uh, on it for sure for the rest of the year. I mean, they're a bad matchup for everybody. Like I was saying, like SGA is the real MVP right now. Um, uh, and yep. this is, you know, it's a, it's a circle game for him against the prospective MVP. So it's going to totally. be close, and and that you know that kind of playoff atmosphere generally leads to unders. Yep. Um, so opposite of that is in Washington here, where we have Brooklyn coming off a game they punted, and on the second leg of a back to back minus six. I will take the Nets here. I'm a little uncomfortable with the six, and would consider a teaser with the first game I mentioned. You get maybe the over down to two twenty out in Houston, uh, and you get the Nets at like minus two, two and a half if it creeps up a little bit, but. In any case, I trust them to win this game. It's kind of a weird spot because, like I said, they kind of disgraced the franchise. They will face a fine, I think, for what they did on Wednesday where they played the starters for just the first quarter and then yanked them and then played Jordan Wilson most of the game, who is now in the G League. And that's just not cool to betters in general. Uh, but we were on the right side of that because we had the Bucks. In any case, now they should have Claxton and DFS back, and they're basically on extra rest here because the starters didn't play. Uh, four and one against the spread on extra rest this year. Uh, they're also 10 and nine straight up and nine and three against the spread when favored winning by 10 points per game. Their last two wins during this rough patch they've had against Detroit, you know, went slightly below covering against a desperate Detroit team, which got the losing record in that spot. Uh, but otherwise, you know, a, a team you can trust here and they just physically dominated the wizards in, in the two meetings this season. I mean, only getting 113 points per game, but so many possessions, 101 field goal attempts per game. They just didn't shoot well. They out-rebounded them by 20. They held the Wizards to 40 and 21% splits. They've now won six straight over this team with a 101 defensive rating. And we know you can score on the Wiz. They have the worst defense in terms of points allowed. You know, nine since they've met 
the Nets nine games ago. They've allowed 130 a game, 33 assists, 48 rebounds, 57 pain points. You know, what do you want? When one and three against the spread at home, they're just an abysmal defense. Um, as we know, it's just really the, the only issue is playing like, yeah, pop psychologist, as you said, is like, so are the Nets going to be motivated to now come back and, you know, kind of prove that, that, that was that they just needed a little rest. You know, maybe that little rest is all they needed after that long West coast road trip. And then some flat performances and just the internal discussion was like, look, we just got to take a night off here. So many games right now. Uh, and then they come back fresh. I mean, in any case, they're, they're a much better team than the wizards. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think they get the win. It's just a question about how much. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel you. I'm not going to, to contest that bet at all. Um, fade the wizards that they randomly show up uh against bad teams and and the nets probably still a bottom half team but still about uh, still good enough to, to to handle this team with their their stars out there it, it should be a good matchup for them too with the way that the wizards score from from the wings mostly um and obviously ton of ton of threes as well but awful defense so yeah i'm, I'm with that bet i'm gonna close it out with a little bit of, of chalk because at some point, the Cavs have to like lose these games. Like they can't just keep trying to pull out random crap like this. So I'm going to take the uh, the Bucks on the money line, and I am going to take uh, the look that I know that you're putting out um, at at some point in, in player props, which is Dame Lillard to get 25 um, and and have them win that game. So that should get you pretty decent juice because it's a minus 240 money line uh, for for the Bucks there. And like Donnie's, Donnie's questionable. That's fine. Dame to get the twenty five. Like I'll let you do most of that uh, talking in, in in the um in the in the player props video. But it's it's a, it's where you score on the Cavs, even with um you know Mobley out and just Jared Allen down there, and a bit less intimidating as well when you get George Niang on the floor, who's pretty slow right now. Uh, we'll say for for him a pretty good stretch the floor big, but in terms on offense, but yeah, on defense can be a bit more of a liability if uh, if you're able to get around him. Uh, and I do believe that guys like Giannis is just going to have a field day as well. Uh, he, he is probable now, Giannis. So he's definitely uh, looks like he's going to play in this one. And it, it should be a, a situation of them, in my opinion, just attacking the rim, attacking the rim, attacking the offensive glass, um, getting open threes after they get into the lane past guards that are going to be out there, I guess we got a pretty nasty injury report still, though, for for Cleveland. So it's tough to even know who's going to be out there. But if it is some form of like uh, Donnie Mitchell and potentially like Sam Merrill, who's going to get plenty of minutes as well uh, and as good of a three point shooter as he is, is once again going to be a liability on on the other side of the floor. Then yeah, I, I don't really know why you would not feel comfortable with it. The, the six points is strictly because you and I have both gotten burned. <laughs> by this by this uh Cavs team who's just like stars out bets up for some reason um and Karis LeVert's been playing well in those games but I do think this is a bad matchup for him once again as well with the perimeter and wing defense that has started to to formula uh form for the uh the Bucks this year in the last roughly 10 games as their defensive rating has definitely dropped from the roughly 121 that it was for the first month or so of the season uh back down into like the realm of about 115 114 and a half so that's where why I feel fine with they're gonna have no trouble scoring and they should as, unless they go completely cold from three, but they should just be able to continue to attack and, and Giannis with the free throws, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, you could probably get Giannis involved with this parlay, even like 25 plus or, t- or 10 plus rebounds to get you some extra juice. Um, even though those are, those are kind of short odds, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, the Cavs, why are they successful? It's just the sum of their parts thing, right? You take out Mobley, but you replace him with Dean Wade, <laughs> you replace him with with more Niang and just guys that are tough and and annoying to play against 
is kind of the the look that Giannis is going to turn the ball over. He's going to get into spots he doesn't really want to because of the low leverage those guys play. Kind of like a Grant Williams who gave him some trouble when he was on the Celtics. Um, so I, I expect more Dame against Levert, who's going to be have to be out there for his offense, and and Craig Porter Jr., who's just not experienced. Um, Dame, you know, has had a lot of success against this Cavs team when they had Garland out there and their point guard defense has kind of fallen off without him. So I, that's why I'm looking that way in player props. And I'll just throw out there, like, we don't know if Jaws playing right now because it was back-to-back last night um, and it was a, just an unspecified illness. It's possible he just kind of sat out for management. And Memphis team total at only 109 is exploitable. If you bet that against the Clippers defense has been really bad lately and hope Ja plays, you know, you're not dead. You're not dead in the water if he doesn't. Uh, but, you know, you'd certainly hope he plays to get you 110 against the Clippers. I do think it's worth it to wait. That's my only take on it is like if Ja plays, I don't see it going up like crazy high necessarily yeah. just because of that. Right. Like it might go up to like 110 and a half max 111 and a half. And Ja in there with that, I, I almost feel more secure going, okay, I know Ja's playing. I have, they have to score 112 versus I don't know if Ja's playing and they need to score 110. That's that's my particular take on it. But you, And you can wait, right? Like, you just just fit, wait and see if you'd rather. If you do want to get ahead of a couple points and, and sharp be sharp like that, like Nate's saying, then, then yeah, betting it now is, is the play, right? Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA play, a prop for tonight. Dame Lillard over 24 and a half points. And um, yeah, as as the Bucks are at Cleveland here, a little bit of a tough matchup for Giannis, who's going to go here, but dealing with the calf, calf injury. Um, and while he did destroy the Cavs in his last two meetings against them, not as much help as he does have now, where he has Damian Lillard, you know, kind of regaining his form recently, you know, last 15 to 18 games. he's He's been Dame. Um, his last nine on the road, he's scoring 25 a game on higher usage, nearly 30% usage compared to 27 in a game on 27% usage at home. The difference is he's been a little colder from three on the road, but the Cavs actually allow three percentage points higher at home versus on the road from deep. And since DG has been gone here with that broken hand, uh, they're allowing 27 a game to point guards. They gave up 39 to Luca. They gave up 27 and 17 to Fred Van Fleet, 35 and 10 to Trey gave up 20 to Sexton in in a bit of a revenge spot, and they did give up six threes to our guy Trey Murphy in a win. So they've been a little more vulnerable around the perimeter. And, you know, you you lose Mobley as well, which is going to hurt defending Giannis, but you have these kind of annoying low center of gravity guys, as I said, Dean Wade, George Nyang, uh, thrown in there to, to kind of bother Giannis, make him kick it out a little more, make Dane soak up a little more usage. But, I mean, the two of them between Giannis and Dame are, are going to soak up, like, nearly 60 to 70% of the usage anyway for the Bucks, Like, they're, they're doing what they've been doing. <clears throat> Dame, his last meeting against Cleveland, he did have 50. It was an absolute shootout with Donovan Mitchell. That was when he was with Portland, of course. But, I mean, Portland had their full complement of starters, so it wasn't like his his usage was insane. On, on normal usage, the previous two at Cleveland, 29 a game, shot 41% from three. So that's kind of what we look for here is against a really stout interior defense. Is You're going to need Dame to do a little more damage from the perimeter and, and beat his guy off the dribble, which is going to be probably Karis LeVert, Craig Porter Jr. off the bench, or a, a bit of an injured Donovan Mitchell who's concentrating on offense. And, um, you know, whether Mitchell plays or not, our lean is that we like Craig Porter Jr. to just continue to pile up some stats here. Obviously, he'd get his number would be higher 
if Mitchell's out, but I think Mitchell's going to play. And basically with Porter, I played up to 24 points, rebounds, assists, and, and hope it's lower than that. Wow. You would play it up to 23 and a half or so? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm sitting here with all of the potential optimism in the world going like, let me get that 19 and a half or 20 and a half even for an over. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't play it up that high. I, 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 just worry a little bit about the Bucks, but like at the same time, this is where they're vulnerable. Um, speaking to Craig Porter, by the way, Dame 24 and a half. Wonderful. Great. Not worried about that uh, nearly as much. If Giannis is also questionable or he's probable, but if there was even a question that he was like potentially going to stay out for risk management or you know, injury risk management, whatever, um, then, then like, yeah, Dame's great. Um, even if he's not, it's still an easier place to score on the Bucks for sure. It's from the wing and, and from outside where Dame plays. And then for Craig Porter Jr., um, even if it is a blowout, which apparently the Cavs are not getting going to get blown out when they don't have all of their starters still because they've been playing very well. Um, even if it is, though, and the Bucks do manage to beat up on the Cavs on their own home floor, um, then why would you take Craig Porter out? Like he's still a very young player that would need those minutes. So I think that's a nice little uh, safety net against the, the blowout potential in the game. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Paul Reed, B-ball Paul, over eight and a half boards in a game that uh, might actually have a few more points and, and might actually be a little bit faster anyway than, than you might think with this Philly and Houston team in Houston. Um, but B-ball Paul, uh, he, he missed, uh, he didn't miss. He just wasn't really, he didn't get the minutes in a couple games recently without Joel Embiid. Uh, but then this last game without Jojo, that it, that's really what I'm looking at for the, the rebound bet with him. I, I want to make sure I said over eight and a half boards for, for B-ball Paul. But um, in the last 10 that he's played without Embiid, he's had six overs and four unders. Um, and that's dating back to last season as well. The six overs, he played 29 minutes per game. And in the four unders, he played 22 and a half. Uh, and only one of those did even get 25 minutes uh, in, in one of those games, uh, th those four that I mentioned. So um, I, I do think he's going to be out there against Shangun, who is averaging 30 minutes per game, who will probably be relied upon even more without Javari Smith in there. We actually don't even know if Tari Eason is going to play either. So we're looking at some Jay Sean Tate minutes once again. Uh, and that's going to need mean you're going to need another uh, sort of, I guess, taller enough center in there to be uh, alongside him. Uh, and last game, P-Ball Paul against the, the Magic, who honestly... Not that different from this Houston uh, roster construction, uh, although I think you'd rather have Fred Van Fleet if you're the Magic than anybody, any of the guards you have. But other than that, on the front court, you've got a lot of long, versatile dudes uh, and relying on being able to like defend the paint, get out on the wings, and still drop down on defense right? with guys like Eason and, and Javari Smith Jr., etc., uh, similar similar play style, like I said. And B-Ball Paul had 22 rebound chances and 10 boards against the Magic uh, just one game ago. A lot of rebound chances for him, and that's just that's what he's out there to do. That's what B-Ball Paul is 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 there for is those rebounds. He's only putting up like four or five shot attempts a game. Um, and Houston is allowing the tenth most rebounds per game to their opponents, including at home, where they're not that like much better. They actually have a decent rebound percentage, but they they just they they don't shoot well, so they give up a lot of rebounds. There's a lot of rebounding opportunities against this Houston uh, Houston team that is just yeah, it's lacking three point shooting outside of Jalen Green, who's they can focus on even more tonight without uh, Dylan Brooks in there. So I, I do like the, the Paul Reed overs with all these rebound chances for him tonight. And I do think the 30 minutes are, are coming his way. Yeah. I mean, Mo Bamba was a thing against Miami and then against Orlando, he was just not. So that, that obviously gives you a lot more security. If, if Paul Reed's only going to be the only center thrown out there against the Rockets who do have a traditional center, a, a traditional role man in Shangun and, they're, they're going to miss a lot of shots. They're going to play a little faster. 
here with those guys out. Um, so, yeah, plenty of rebound chances, I think, coming his way. <clears throat> I'm going to take Jalen Johnson, a guy I could not wait to get back in the lineup here after he missed 14 games. And the Hawks got him back last time out. Um, I'll take him over nine and a half rebounds assists, which I think the books realize is a really low number and it's juiced. It's actually minus 160 on DK, but they haven't just moved it up one. You know, look for it at 10 and a half because, I mean, he's probably looking at like eight or nine rebounds in a game that, that has a 250 total that should be extremely fast paced. If you just want the better odds, you know, 22 and a half PRA, certainly in play here. After he he topped that in just 29 minutes in his return against Chicago, went for 10 points, nine rebounds, four assists per 36 this season. He averages you know 17 points, nine rebounds, three assists. So would clear this certainly if he has his win back and is able to play more. Uh, but there should be plenty of stats to go around here with Sacramento coming to Atlanta. Sac in their last seven here, bottom six in paint paint points allowed, rebounds allowed. They allow three more rebounds on the road versus at home. They're allowing 17 fast break points per game, and Jalen is is a great guy to get out in transition, get his points that way. They've also allowed 26-plus assists in six of their last seven games here. And if it's like a high-scoring environment, he's going to put up numbers. I mean, his his last two against the Western Conference, against Nola and OKC, is 17, 11.5, 4.5 assists. And then he also had 12 and three, 13 rebounds assists against Indy Philly. He goes under against teams like the Knicks and the Nets, and then he got injured against the Wizards, so we didn't get to see him again. But, I mean, after going over against a Bulls team that that limits everything that the Kings give up, like I, I trust him to just get this stat line here against the Kings, you know, even if he's only s- still around 30 minutes. Uh, but there's a chance, he, you know, he's ready to go go more here um, with DeAndre Hunter out. Uh, the, the Hawks would definitely appreciate if he's able to go closer to 36. Yeah, that, that, that adds up to me as well. Um, Jalen Johnson, man, one of my favorites. I'm really, really glad that he's back. And, man, uh, talk about a guy that you want to take when, yeah, we're just going to be in transition the whole time. Uh, he is the player in transition the most for the Hawks. He is actually in the top 10 in terms of the frequency with which he's in transition of any players that are getting at least 20 minutes a night. So I, I think he was well on his way to uh, asserting himself and inserting himself into the, the the starting lineup and holding on to it for the 28 to 32 minutes a game that he was getting. And I think you, you can kind of slide him in there as like you're starting four moving forward. So hopefully the injury didn't do any serious setbacks to him. And uh, we can continue to see the dude that we love to take some overs on. I'm going to take a scary under because I, I, I'm going to put half a unit on it. And I, I still believe in my numbers and I still believe in my math, but it's a bit, it's a bit scary to take a under six and a half assists for Tyrese Maxey in this one. When um, Dylan Brooks is out, to be honest with you, and Tari Eason might not play. That also scares me a bit, but Houston is built to defend in a way that limits assists and gives up a lot of free throws as well, which is a reason that you can still feel decent about it. It's like they're going to foul, right? Even in the the last 10 games or so where they've been a little bit worse on defense than how hot they started, they're still limiting assists to the, the tune of the third fewest um, and fewest in the league two point guards overall. And in the last seven, a bit more, but still in the top 10 in terms of limiting assists to point guards overall in the season. They played some good point guards uh, in their last number of games as well. I will mention um, they played a bunch of uh, dudes with a lot of assists, like Tyrese Halbert, and they kept under his assist line. CJ McCollum, Trey got 14. I will put that out there. And Dame got 11. So those are two that also okay. skew the last seven games a few. But 
other than that, you do get like some so, uh, mostly unders when it comes to six and a half assists for any of the point guards that's playing them. Uh, you're, you're really capping these, these dudes at about six um, in terms of the assists per game. So, Look, Dylan Brooks is a, is a big part of that. I do think he'd be the, the primary defender on Maxi. He's a big reason they give up so many fouls as well. But also Shangoon, who's not a, a, a good at protecting the rim at all, also consistently gets into foul trouble, as does Jabari Smith, but he's not in. So we'll see. Jayshon Tate's not exactly going to be a world beater himself at like a six foot five power forward. Um, so I'm not too worried about his defense down low. And this all leads me to go like, look, Maxi drives to the rim top, like he's a t- uh, to the tune of the top five most. As for, for a point guard, right? If you really any guard in the league, if you just go ahead and just filter guards and how often they're getting to the lane, driving to the lane, plus the uh, field goal attempts inside of five feet, that's where Maxi lives. Like he's become a good three point shooter, um, but really he relies on the drive to open up that shot, especially without being able to play off of JoJo and just getting you know easy um, easy threes that way. So he's going to be moving into the lane a lot, and once he gets there, he's going to get fouled. Um, and I, I also think he's going to go all the way to the rack because there's really nobody that's going to intimidate him too much uh, when, when he's trying to get to the free throw line, which I think he's good for like eight free throws in this game, at least right with, with the way that he attacks the rim and this team gives up fouls uh, and free throws. So that's, that's where I'm headed with it all. Like uh, the, the whole reason that um, I started this too was like, well, he's not getting assists without Embiid. And the last two matchups were, were tough matchups for sure in terms of the, the heat and the magic. And he only had seven potential assists per game in that time frame. I'm um, really just having some bad games. He's averaging six field goals made on 19 attempts in those last two without Jojo. So he's, he's had some very poor shooting nights, but the 19 field goal attempts per game still tell you like he's looking for his shot. And this team does play a little bit more. I mean, the last two games that I've seen have been a little bit more uh, hero ball one-on-one uh, your turn, my turn style between Tobias Harris and himself, rather than ball movement that is centered around Joel Embiid having the ball in the foul line area and everybody just playing off of him with easy cutters. I, you know, th- th- it's a good night for, for Maxi to score. Um, and it's a good night for Tobias Harris to score as well, driving to the rim. Yeah. I mean, the Rockets don't have anybody to guard him. So yeah, like you're saying, like that's, that's going to lead to more points. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be able to kick it out for assists. You know, that's kind of dependent on whether guys like Anthony Melvin are going to knock down shots when he does kick it out. But if he's right. really meeting no resistance uh, without Brooks in there, he he's probably going to score 30 plus. Um, but, you know, yeah. life is not necessarily easier when you don't have a guy like Embiid tilting the floor so far in his direction where you're able to just run around him and get dimes and get points. And it's just like now Maxi is 100% the focal point of the defense. So I, I would not run to like take him over 31 points. I mean, there's a lot of variance in terms of his scoring here tonight. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's fine to take the under on the assists if, if that's also inflated because, yeah, the Rockets still a pretty disciplined team um, in terms of staying home on shooters, et cetera, getting back in transition. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think he'll have to do a lot of his damage on the free throw line and, and, uh, going to the basket. Yep. hundred percent. I mean, the other teams that are like Houston, um, you know, in terms of playing that sort of over pressing D up top so that you're not getting threes off, you're not shooting a good percentage from three, but you can get into the lane and get what you want in there and B ball Paul as your, you know, guy in the dunker spot. Not really worried about him finishing too often around the rim or Maxi looking for him rather than looking for his own shot when he gets all the way into the lane. So that is all the time we have for you. Got five bets for you in these play of props as well. Don't forget that Craig Porter Jr. Once it comes out, the points, rebounds, and assists over that we like up to about 23 and a half for Nate is what he's saying for the over there. But uh, continue to follow along and check out those best bets. We will uh, be back here, obviously, next week for you guys. So until we see you next, happy betting.